Our lector this morning is Jason Alexander. He is the principal of Emmanuel St. James Lutheran Academy. Um, I'll put in a plug. You want to know anything about the school? Any questions at all? See Jason. The Old Testament reading for Christ the King Sunday is the majestic reading from Daniel chapter 7, beginning verse 9. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle reading is recorded in Revelation chapter 19, beginning verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 18, beginning the 33rd verse. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. 
But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Here's the Holy Gospel. Jesus is indeed a king. That's the issue that comes before Pontius Pilate, who is no king. He was appointed as procurator by the Roman Senate. He really has no power except what had been given him by Rome. But if there's one thing that Rome hated and would not stand for is any notion of a king other than Caesar in Rome. To even use titles like Lord or Kyrios in Greek would get you hauled in before the authorities. Jesus had been called this. The Jewish authorities knew that this could get him in trouble. So they, in effect, gave Jesus into Pontius Pilate's hands, insinuating that this man is dangerous, that he is a king. The question is, what kind of king? What kind of kingdom? Even to this day in this country, even among religious people, it's a big question. What is Jesus supposed to be for you? What's the main thing about his kingdom? America has been enthralled with something called the theology of glory. And they don't mean necessarily spiritual glory, which, by the way, has to do with the cross. Your homework is to read John chapter 12. America loves the theology of glory where Jesus is someone that if you're faithful, if you're true, if you're good, if you're worthy, if you give your life to him most completely, then he will then bestow upon you every possible blessing and authority and honor and power, and you will be like a king. That's what people want. On this Christ the King Sunday, most people would not like to be hearing John chapter 18 at all. Jesus had been roughly arrested in the garden. Although you might remember from John's gospel, when he simply asked, Who do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus responded by simply saying, literally, I am the I am. I am is the translation of Yahweh, God's proper name. And John tells us that moment he spoke that term, I am, the I am, the entire one-tenth of a legion, an entire spera of 600 armed soldiers drew back and fell to the ground. Yes, indeed, he has power as king of kings. He will not be apprehended by any earthly power. He goes to the cross because he has decided it. He is not being overpowered. And if we had time to look in detail, there's no event that happens throughout Good Friday that didn't happen outside of what he said and commanded had to be. At this point, in this juncture, he is pulled in before Pontius Pilate. Now, the Jews wanted it this way because they didn't want to get in trouble. They were politicians. Jesus was very well-known and liked. 
and they weren't going to be held responsible for anything bad happening to him. So they shuffled it off to the Roman authorities, to Pilate, who's basically clueless. Pilate thinks he's in charge. He summoned Jesus. That's a term in Greek meaning, I'm in charge, you're not. You come here because I order you to. And he asked the key question, which the Jews hoped would get Jesus killed. And in effect, it does. Are you the king of the Jews? Now, as we noted earlier, that's enough to get you killed in any Roman court. There's only one king, one ruler, Caesar. Jesus says, is that your own idea? Did you figure that out? Did others have to tell you about me? Pilate says, I'm not a Jew. How am I supposed to know what you're talking about? Your own people handed you over to me. What is it you have done? What is it that Jesus has done? What do you trust and follow him with regard to? Is it that you're successful and happy and everything's wonderful and hunky-dory and all peaches and cream? What has he done? If you give earthly answers, many of you will be very disappointed. If you want entertainment this Advent season, you may hear some beautiful songs, but that's not the point. Jesus comes in terms of wearing that crown of thorns. That's what he's going to do, and that's what he's going to accomplish for you. It has to do with the giving of his life. The king is going to give his life for the sake of his people. And it will not be an honorable death, such as often happened. Honorable people in the Roman Empire, even people who said they were kings, were publicly brought forward. They laid their head down on a block, and in a moment, they were humanely decapitated. There will be no such death for Jesus the King. He would be crucified at 9 o'clock in the morning, and that struggle would go on to noon until 3 o'clock in the afternoon when he dies in unthinkable agony because of his love for us. Even when the Jewish authorities would later taunt him and say, come down from the cross, bring yourself down, and we'll believe in you. He would not do it. He is going to fulfill what he has to do for being our king of salvation. Besides, Jesus declares to Pilate, who doesn't understand it, and Jesus declares to us, and sometimes we don't understand it, my kingdom is not of this world. If you're looking for Jesus to be kind of a Big Daddy who can take care of your stuff, who can get your stuff. I invite you just to leave right now. That kingdom doesn't exist here. It never has in the Christian church. The kingdom is greater than that. If he were merely an earthly king, Jesus says, his servants wouldn't allow it. His servants would come and fight that he wouldn't be handed over. But he says, my kingdom is from another place. 
outside of Rome, greater than Rome. He's talking about heaven itself. It's a heavenly kingdom that he comes to bring to us. Pilate has no clue about what Jesus is about, but he's getting the notion that it has to do with nothing political whatsoever. But when Jesus says, talks about being a king, he says, you're right then. You're right in saying, I am a king. This next part usually excites no one. Not even good Christians today. Because it's totally and completely otherworldly, has nothing to do with this present age, seems to be rather useless. He says, for this reason I was born, for this cause I came into the world to give solemn testimony. Martoreo in Greek, it means to give the testimony of the truth and that you're willing to die for it. To testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What truth is he talking about? It doesn't have to do with earthly prizes and gimmicks and happiness. It's a heavenly, eternal kingdom, which is not ever going to be found in this realm. It is yet to come when Jesus comes as King of kings and Lord of lords. What is truth? Pilate asked, probably with a sneer. The experts tell us that we live in a postmodern world, which basically means the only truth there is is whatever you yourself choose to believe. It's not the same truth for the person sitting next to you. The only reality and truth is whatever you choose to believe, no matter what that may be. That's even worse than the modernists who said, the only truth is that there is no truth. Oh no, say the postmoderns, that's too harsh. Whatever you want to believe. Think up the goofiest stuff in the world. Have dreams, have great ideas. No matter how foolish and impossible they are, that's your truth, and you should live in accordance with your truth. This may be a bit harsh, but that's insanity. And you're also going to come to fight everyone else around you who has their own truths. That's in part why this country is seemingly falling apart. No one can agree on a truth let alone believe that there is one truth. What is Jesus talking about? The only truth comes from God's word. That's the great Reformation truth. And the greatest truth of all from God's word is the good news that the king has come to die and to rise again for you. That's the saving truth. What is truth, Pilate asked. According to what he has examined Jesus, he finds no basis for putting him to death. What do, I, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? Set him free so he can have his time in the sun, enjoy life, and be a famous guy? 
the Jews say and shout back, No, not that guy. We're looking for a different king. Watch out. In our heart of hearts, with our old sinful nature, we'll give the, we'll give the same response as the Jews. We want the earthly things. We want Jesus as an earthly king now. According to our old sinful nature, we will also say, no, not him. We want anybody else. But on this King of Kings Sunday, realize when Jesus comes again in all of his power, there'll be a judgment for that first. That sword that's continuously piercing from his mouth is not a mere sword, but the big six-foot romphia, the cavalry sword that could cut you in half in a heartbeat. When he comes again, there'll be no time to make a decision for Jesus. When he comes again, it will all come at once. Either you will already now be prepared, knowing your sins, but knowing the love of your Savior from the cross, Either you will know that now and at the moment he comes. Or if you don't know that, the end will come quickly, decisively, with no chance for second chances. Your king loves you. That first cross demonstrates it to us. With all of our load of worry and our own self-made problems because of sin, he continues to accept us and take us in his arms to forgive us and grant us heavenly peace. But he does promise that he will come again to set us free. When he comes again, there'll be the resurrection. When he comes again, there'll be new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There'll be an end of all evil, all sin, all death, all sorrow. That's the glorious kingdom that is yet to come. As you know him as the one who was wearing a crown of thorns and the one who rose again. That's your gracious king. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.